Welcome to the St. Gabriel Catholic Radio Faith Dialogue with Bishop Robert J. Brennan, Bishop for the Diocese of Columbus, for the 19th week of Ordinary Time. Welcome, Your Excellency. Thank you, Bill. Always uh, a pleasure to be able to speak with you personally and uh, to communicate with the people of our great diocese through the St. Gabriel Radio. We're so thankful that you take time out of your schedule to be sure that you address all of us every week. I can't tell you what a blessing that is to hear your voice. Thank you. It's a blessing for me. You know, it's good. We have two things in this faith dialogue. There's always that ongoing task that we have of trying to deepen our faith using the rhythms of the seasons of the Church and the Scripture readings given to us, but also to talk about some of the things that come up week to week to talk about the current uh, reality. So this is a great opportunity. Well, speaking of that, you always give great segues. Uh, we're in the season of the Bread of Life Discourse, John 6, over the last three Gospel readings. Yes, yes, and, um, and and I always call that a little bit, sometimes I say summer reading, and sometimes, and sometimes I'll call it a summer retreat. So we're in a little bit of a summer retreat. Every third year, the Church gives us these several weeks to focus in on the, the amazing gift that Jesus gave us in his own body and blood in the, in the Holy Eucharist. And, and uh, this past Sunday, we really got right into the heart of it. We, you know, we've led up with the miracle of the loaves and the fish. We hear Jesus talking about uh, the, the bread of, uh, of life, the, uh, the bread that came down from heaven that feeds us and strengthens us along the way. Um, and you know, that, like Moses, uh, God gave Moses and, and the children of Israel bread from heaven to feed them on their journey. But now we're into really the bread of life. My, my, Jesus gives us his own flesh and his own blood to drink, and it's really and truly his flesh, his blood that he gives us so that, one, we can be nourished for mission on this earth, and two, we can be prepared for heaven so that this is the bread that gives eternal life. That it, Just like we eat food to keep us physically alive, this keeps us spiritually alive so that we can make our way to live forever, not just to be healthy for, for 80, 90, 100 years, but that we can live forever. And that's amazing. Bishop Brennan, are there any personal experiences that you've had as a pastor in parishes or as, a, as the bishop of the Diocese of Columbus or in Rockville Center, or maybe growing up, where you saw um, an individual or a group uh, show their devotion to our Lord in the Eucharist and that that made an impact in your life? Well, let me use Columbus, something that we did very recently here, and that is the 40 Hours Devotion. Uh, 40 Hours. Like, I, Well, let me go back. I remember as a kid the 40 Hours Devotion, mm-hmm. and, the, and the parish would have that where um, for a couple of days we would have adoration before the Blessed Sacrament, and the different groups would come, and we'd really focus in on that. Um, in, in my time growing up, we had movements like nocturnal adoration where people would devote an hour over through, through, through the course of a Friday um, into Saturday or Saturday into Sunday. But what um, I was referring to here is right here in Columbus, we just had the 40 days of adoration. And, um, and you helped to promote it, and people were great. We had people in local parishes taking advantage of the time before the Lord, people making pilgrimages to different churches, and then 
um, and then groups of people assembling just to be together to pray at the same time. And um, it, it, so seeing the faith of people um, and, and seeking to renew that was always inspiring uh, to me. Um, so, uh, yes, the, 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 that love for Jesus in the Eucharist is something that's so, so incredibly important. And it uh, has reached that highest level of importance for you in our diocese. It will be culminating with a day of reflection and prayer and togetherness at the Eucharistic Gathering on August 28th. That's right. A day of prayer and reflection about the Eucharist, but then centered on the celebration of the Eucharist. On the Friday, it'll be a little bit smaller. It'll be at the cathedral, um, and we will have the Eucharistic procession. Um, and then on Saturday, that's when we're, we're, we're having a larger gathering, and that's at St. Charles um, High School. And uh, we'll be gathering people from all over the, the diocese, and Archbishop Perez will be joining us for the keynote talks. I'll be celebrating um, Holy Mass, which is so much a part of the, you know, the center, really, of the day. Um, but, and, and if people will be gathered, you'll be broadcasting it. Mm-hmm. I believe we'll be live streaming it. So uh, we're really looking for this to be an event that ties us together in our deepest bond, the bond of the Holy Eucharist, the bond of Holy Communion. So centered on the Mass, but it's a day of retreat, or at least a part day of retreat, and and that's so important for us to do, isn't it? It really is. It really is. Um, And again, I I, I repeat, it's a... As many as can gather, I'd love to gather, but I'm so glad that you're broadcasting this because it is a retreat experience. And um, for those who either can't get out um, or those who might still be concerned for a good reason of, of, of going into large groups, and especially those who are homebound, we want everybody to be connected. We want everyone to... Um, share this moment of spiritual communion in this retreat. So I'm so glad that St. Gabriel will be broadcasting the, uh, these events. So that's the Eucharistic Gathering, a Friday evening. That'll be on St. Gabriel Radio and streamed at columbuscatholic.org. Friday evening uh, is, uh, is, is via distance uh, for most of us because of the size of the cathedral. But Saturday morning, the 28th, is what we really want to encourage you to do is to go online at columbuscatholic.org, or you can go to the St. Gabriel Radio website, and there's a link there, and register to attend that Eucharistic gathering. And uh, I'm sure that you know Archbishop Perez well, that he's been preparing for some time. What can we yes, expect from him? Well, the... Um, not surprisingly, the task that we have given him is we've asked him to do two keynote addresses, uh, or a keynote address that's broken into two parts. Um, real presence is one, and real future is the other. Mm. And so um, he's going to pick that up on Saturday. Um, and uh, and and. And, and uh, you know, I'm sure he'll inspire us. He, 
he has a great gift. He can, he'll make us laugh, but he'll draw us in deep. <laughs> well, good. I need a good laugh. I'll be there for sure. Um, we're talking about a little bit, too, this book, From Christendom to Apostolic Succession, uh, written uh, by uh, Monsignor James Shea. Uh, and the general thesis is, is maybe just a realization that we're no longer living in a Christian-dominant culture, and it's somewhat obvious to say that, but sometimes that's a little bit of a shock to our system. And the book, we're in Chapter 4, we're talking a little bit more clearly about institutional things that can help us deal with this uh, reality that we're no longer in that dominant Christian culture. That's right. You know, that Chapter 4 is really packed, and so we're taking a few weeks to uh, go through it. Um, so so last week we we spoke a little bit about what does that mean in terms of leadership in terms of what we look like and and how the church has always been something of a surprise in every age um and and we we spoke about the need to be fully convinced filled with the conviction that jesus christ is the answer the only answer to every human need so what does that mean for us um in in institutional life well senior shea uses a great um, image to begin that he talks about marriage, so how that becomes marriage and family life um, is the key, one of the bedrock, you know, uh, is institutions if you can call it that. But it's more than that. And and he said, you know, in a Christian in a in a Christendom culture, um, again, marriages it was the way to go. People supported it. You, you you had a culture that supported you in marriage, and uh, you always had the struggles of marriage. You always had the sacrifices people need to make, the working through things, and um, and and really preparing for marriage and working through it and raising your family. Um, all the things that go along with that with Christian marriage. But now, um, you but you could count on society to uh, support you. Now, a little bit differently, um, it means something much more radical. It, even the decision to marry today is a countercultural decision. The decision to, um, to, to uh, get, I'll, re, I'll quote right from him, from the start, the decision of a young couple to get married at all, to remain chaste before marriage, to intend their marriage to last for life, and to welcome children into their family, have put them into a countercultural stance, one that will be viewed as strange by many of their peers. And so young couples today and, um, who, who want to get married, married in the church, um, when we see those numbers are declining radically. But those who want to be married in the church are making very intentional decisions and stepping up and doing the the preparation and the prayer. Those this is the mark of an apostolic age. You mourn the loss of the numbers, but those who are stepping up are truly heroic. Those who are stepping up are. Are, are making informed, intentional decisions, and um, they know that they won't have the help of the wider community. Um, I love this line, too. He said, raising a Christian family has always been a serious task in an apostolic age, 
It's a missionary adventure. So that's not to say that all is dire. Actually, it's quite the opposite. It just it's 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 encouraging to know that um, there are people who are making very bold, intentional decisions. Um, and and I can think I can see how young couples who who take this seriously are also looking to help and support one another. Um, I, I see it in some of the missionary communities, people who've experienced life like um, SPO or, or St. Paul Outreach or Focus or Damascus. Then as married couples, they seek each other out to encourage each other in, in the, the raising of their families. Um, so uh, to our married couples and our families, young and old, you have you are truly apostolic missionaries just just by living your life in a bold and faithful way um and and, and you, you you need to realize how much of a difference that makes um and how appreciative i am and many of us are for your stance and for the ways that you do that we want to encourage you in the living out of your Christian life. And so even some of the things like what we're doing um, with this Eucharistic gathering is meant to encourage families who are making those bold choices and living them in very direct, intentional ways. Um, so, so marriage and family life becomes all the more powerful of a witness in an age like today. Mm. Second thing, we look at church institutions, you know, schools, hospitals, charities, all of the works that the Church does. Um, Monsignor Shea talks about how in, an, in a Christendom age, you, you basically, you are who you are, you ride the wave, and people know who you are, and you, know, you just say a term like Catholic Charities, and everybody's got it, and, and, and you, you just do your mission. Today, um, if, if, if we're not intentional, if we're not asking the deeper questions, we can very easily see our Catholic identity, our Catholic mission being chipped away, maybe little by little, um, but, but certainly being chipped away. And so um, in an apostolic age, it becomes all the more important, and, and our institutions are doing that these days, for us to stop and take a look at who we are, what we believe, what we teach, and how we're going to live that as apostolic missionaries, um, and um, you know it, it, that's a that's a big change. Um, it's it's not it's not um, enough simply to go along with the culture because the culture is changing us. So we have to make very intentional decisions about who we are, and then how does that fit in? to our ordinary practices um, in, the way, in the way that we function, in the culture that we build, in our employment settings, um, and, um, and, and how we're going to be... What, what makes us different being Catholic? What makes, what, what, what makes us different about functioning um, in, in this way? And one of those practices that is the most important is the Eucharist and receiving our Lord and visiting our Lord in the tabernacle in our parishes. 
Indeed. Indeed. Um, but, you, you know, it's, it's, and that becomes true at the family level, it becomes true for all of us um, in, in our life. You know, Jesus said, I am, we don't want to miss this. Next week we celebrate the Feast of the Assumption, and that's a great feast. I'm thrilled that it falls on a Sunday. And I'll be, be visiting in my home parish of Our Lady Perpetual Help in Lindenhurst to celebrate the 150th anniversary. I look forward to reporting back about that next week. So we, we step away from the Bread of Life discourse. But in that section, Jesus goes really strong. He says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life within you. And that's true for us as individuals. It's true for us as families. But it's also true in the institutions. Um, um, it's, if we're not really intentional about who we are and what we're all about and what our core principles are, um, even, even our liturgical life, we've seen this happen. If we're not clear about who we are and what we're doing, then little by little we can find ourselves drifting away and just becoming another nice cultural, you know, part of the modern-day culture. Um, apostolic mission means transforming the culture rather than letting the culture transform you. Hmm. And that's uh, a challenge. That, that, is... that takes intentional decisions. Uh, you've mentioned intentionality in, in, our, in our faith. Could you expound on that a little bit? What does it mean to be an intentional? Well, I, I'm, <laughs> forgive me for using somebody else's words, but I'm going back to uh, um, to Monsignor Shea's a conversation we had last week. He, he basically said, um, I'm paraphrasing, he said, you know, for the, it means that for those in leadership, but it means for all of us on mission, the absolute conviction that Jesus Christ is the only answer to every human need, and that he does that through his church. It means making that, having that conviction within, and then making every decision based on that reality. It begins with with recognizing the encounter with Jesus is, is the one encounter that makes everything else make sense. It doesn't mean that our other encounters aren't important. It doesn't mean the other loves in our lives, our families and all of that. We, 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 we talk about family first. Well, actually, it's that encounter with God, that encounter with Jesus that makes our, even our families, um, be, makes us able to love and, and be generous and live outside of ourselves. That makes our families effective. So it's God first. And, and then putting God first and, and having that encounter with Jesus Christ, that that's what I mean by intentionality, making that decision. And, you know, for institutions, Monsignor um, Shea uses two biblical things that sound kind of contradictory, but it's kind of like what it means to live in the two different ages. At one point in Luke's Gospel, Jesus says, you know, he who is not against us is with us. Well, in a Christendom culture, that's sort of the way it works. Yeah, that's right. You know, and, and unless, unless somebody's directly against you, you can kind of work with the situation around you. But then later on in Luke's Gospel, Jesus says, he who is not with me is against me. <laughs> and it sounds contradictory, but that, that's what it's like living in the age of apostolic mission, is to say, 
that that we have to declare you what you are the Christ to Jesus. You are the Christ. And Jesus says, and on your faith, Peter, on you, Peter, I will build my church. You, you are the Christ. And he builds his, his church on that declaration of faith that Peter made for us. Um, that's what intentionality means. It's, it's the full, conscious, deliberate decision to know and love Jesus Christ, who extends his hands to us and his heart, he opens his heart to us, and to um, and, and to make that that firm decision to follow him, and then to let that be what informs everything else that we do. Bishop Brennan, thank you so much for your wise, beautiful words, uh, both and from your heart you. and from you know, scripture. Bill, we talked a little bit about the gathering, but this Friday you're doing something at Saint Radio at Saint Gabriel Radio. Yeah, you know, we we have for the men's and women's conferences for many years encouraged our listeners with a two weeks prior to the event um, a kind of a rally to encourage people to sign up. And we're going to do the same thing this Friday. Uh, It'll be a day of reflection on the Eucharist with yourself, Father Streitenberger, Father Hartchie, Father Dury, and many other priests to just talk about the Eucharist and encourage all of our listeners to go online and register for the August 28th uh, diocesan-wide Eucharistic gathering. So we can't thank you enough for, you know, making sure that we remember the center of our faith, and we can't wait to, on Friday, get um, get, get our listeners really excited about joining together at St. Charles on the 28th. Great. Well, I thank you for doing that, and I look forward to being with you again on Friday. Um, I think I kick it off at the after, uh, in the morning drive, right at eight o'clock. You are the lead runner on the day okay. of reflection. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh oh, the pressure is on. <laughs> the pressure is on. So be sure to listen on Friday. Uh, do read as much as you can uh, the the John six readings. Uh, reflect on yes. those as Bishop Brennan has been talking about. Uh, and maybe bring that to Friday, and especially on August 28th. And I know that the Holy Spirit will do mighty, mighty works on that day. Bishop Brennan, could you close us with a prayer and a blessing? Yes, indeed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, you remind us that you indeed are the bread of life. And in the Holy Eucharist, you give us that most precious of all gifts. Fill our hearts with love. For you and that longing to be united with you. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon you this day, upon all of your families, and remain with you forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And thank you, Bishop Brennan, for your dialogue on faith today. You can listen to today's podcast and all of Bishop Brennan's podcast at stgabrielradio.com or on the St. Gabriel Radio app. And now we rejoin our regularly scheduled programming already in progress.